Welcome to the Infinite Project Podcast. Hope you guys are all having a good week so far. Um, in this week's episode, I wanted to give you guys a bit of a review of the ultra marathon that I did last weekend. I wanted to give you guys a few takeaways from it, um, some of the lessons I had from it, what we did before for training and things like that, what the nutrition looked like, and um, yeah, what the kind of goal is going forward next. So first things first, why the hell did I want to do a bloody ultra? Um, I'll skip back a few years ago, before lockdown and the pandemic and everything, I didn't really do much running. I could run five kilometers, but that was about the, the gist of it. And I didn't enjoy it. I didn't feel very comfortable running. I just, the whole run, I was just counting down how many kilometers was left. Literally every time I went for a run, I was like, oh my God, how much longer? How much longer? Oh God, I've got another kilometer. The whole way around, it was a bit like that. And I just never really enjoyed it. And I, I didn't get how people could go and run longer than that. They could go and run 10 miles or 20 miles or... Yeah, I know a few people that have done like 50, 60 mile runs and I, th- oh, I just thought, oh, bloody hell, that just sounds absolutely insane and very unenjoyable. Um, so yeah, I guess it was through the pandemic and it was really nice weather, I think, the first lockdown. I started running a little bit more. Uh, I bought a Garmin. I used one of the running plans on there and just gave me a bit of structure. And uh, after a while, I started to kind of enjoy it. Um, it's a bit like anything. Once you get a little bit better at something, you start to enjoy it and enjoy the process. So... Back in um, lockdown, I slowly built up to, to running a 10K, was pretty chuffed with that. Then I built up to doing a half marathon. And I remember doing my first ever half marathon. I finished it down um, close to the den in Turriff. And I remember doing that last mile. And honestly, I finished it and I thought, holy crap, I am absolutely dead. There's nothing left, nothing left in my legs. And I remember thinking to myself, Imagine doing that again to get a marathon. I thought, oh man, that's just impossible. There's no way I could do that. My legs are completely gone. There's nothing left. And I remember that feeling, doing that first half and thinking, that's just mad. And then in lockdown, um, I think it was maybe in 2021, I kind of decided, right, I want to do something this year that challenges me a little bit. So that's why I decided I'll do a marathon. So purchased a marathon plan online, gave me some structure. Um, I kind of wanted to get it over and done really quick. So I did an eight week plan, probably should have done a longer plan and just went for it. The, <clears throat> sorry, the first marathon I did was absolutely brilliant for the first 18 miles. Uh, the training and everything for it went really well as well. But I remember on the day, like the first 18 miles, I was flying. I thought, oh, this is great. Absolutely love running. And then the last like, whatever it is, what, what was that? Seven or eight miles were yeah, in the pain cave. Absolutely hated them. Um, so yeah, it was the first kind of marathon. And then since then, I kinda, I've seen a few videos pop up on YouTube just of people documenting their experience doing something like an ultra marathon or I don't know, some sort of endurance event. And there's something that always makes me really curious about it. I don't know why, but I don't know. I, th- I feel like you almost go through a journey when you take on something that's really challenging um, in a weird way. And I don't know, this is something that's always made me really curious. So that's why I was doing a marathon, it was just on my, one of my bucket list things to do. Uh, our big goal list was to complete an ultra marathon at one point. Um, so I looked online for some events and stuff. I couldn't find anything close by or anything that was going to work for me. So I just kind of thought, right, like, we'll just set a date and we'll go for it. So training-wise, basically I was running probably two to three times a week um, before well, probably the end of last year like it was it was running was going pretty well if I remember right and then the start of this year January was fantastic training was going great I was probably doing three runs a week consistently I was in the gym kind of two to three times a week as well um, I was doing two shorter runs midweek and then a long run at the weekend I was just 
gradually building that up. So literally the first couple of runs were like six mile runs at the weekend and then that slowly crept up to seven or eight and then nine or 10, 11 or 12. And then, you know, after five, six, seven weeks, you were up at like 16 mile runs, 17 mile runs, 20 mile runs. And my longest training run was uh, 22 miles. I think that was, or 21 and a half miles. Uh, So that was the longest training run I did. Now, these long runs at the weekend were done in zone two. So if you've ever heard of heart rate zones, uh, you've got zone one, two, three, four, and five. And literally, this is just how hard your heart's working or how hard your uh, your body's working when you're you're running. So if you're at zone one, you're literally probably walking or very, very, very light jogging. Zone two is like a, a comfortable run pace where you could speak to someone. Um, you know, it's a very comfortable pace that you could stick at for a long time. Zone three is, yeah, you're going pretty fast. And that might be like where you are if you're running a marathon and kind of going for a good time. Zone four, you're you're working really hard now. Your heart rate's up pretty high. And zone five, you're like, you know, you're like basically sprinting or you're going up a hill and you're absolutely maxed out. So that's like the different zones. Now, the mistake I made all of my life when I was running was I ran mostly in zone three and four. I just went out, run as fast as I can, get it over and done with and finish it. And at one, I absolutely hated every minute of it. I, I just never never really got the runner's high. And two, like I just completely did it all wrong. I was running way too fast most of my runs. Now, I never realized that if you spend most of your time in that zone two area, at least 80%, like you will run slower in the beginning, but it will make you faster and you'll, your body will have, I don't know, a better chance to adapt to the mileage and things like that um, as you slowly increase things. There's a book I read called 80-20 Running and it's a fantastic book. If you have run in the past or you're quite interested in running then go and check that book out it was absolutely brilliant i learned so much from it i've learned from other coaches running coaches and things like that but that book was the first book i read and i was like wow i'm doing this all wrong and once you change that it's insane like it's insane what you can do uh when you do things correctly so those runs at the the weekend were mostly in kind of zone two and so yeah if you build up those zone two runs it's amazing how many miles you can get in and so every week it just gradually crept up the distance Um, and like I said the last training run was like 21 and a half miles and one of the most annoying things was I think we ran 100 miles in January which is the most I've ever done in a month Um, and I was already hit this kind of ultra I think it was maybe mid-February and then I got unwell and then I had the High Rocks competition and then we set another date and then I got unwell again. It was just very frustrating. So it kind of messed up the whole training. So I literally just got two long runs in before um, this ultra, we went to take it on. So I was kind of a little bit nervous about that. So <clears throat> that's why I kind of wanted to do the, the ultra. Um, literally, it was a new challenge and yeah, that's what I was doing with the, the training side of things. One long run at the weekend and then a shorter run in between um, midweek. Now, on the day, like I remember um, the first time, so basically two days out from the the ultra, I kind of carved up. So that basically just means you eat a very high carbohydrate diet kind of one to two days before an endurance event. And basically when you eat carbohydrates, your body stores it as glycogen in your muscles. And that's what your body uses as like an instant source of energy. So if you imagine you're, uh, I'm trying to think of a, yeah, so imagine like you're going to win a long trip in your car. Um, it's like starting the trip with a full tank of fuel. Um, you're going to be in a much better place than if you were to start with quarter tank. You're going to have to stop and take on a lot of fuel somewhere. So I guess like two days out, I was eating a very high carb day. Um, I think my carb intake for both days were around about 600 to 700 grams. So if you track your food on my fitness pal and things like that, like you'll see that's a lot of carbs. Um 
I remember um, I never used to do like a proper nutrition strategy when I did endurance stuff before. Um, but since I've implemented that, it was an absolute game changer. Energy levels were so much better, didn't crash. Um, and yeah, performances is way better as well. So two days out, much higher carb intake um, just to carb up. Um, the, ni- the night before, um, I didn't have the best of night's sleep. I don't know if it was just like nerves. I don't know why I was nervous. There was, I was doing it with um, with Ian, uh, who's inside the, the program with us as well. Um, and it was Ian's first one as well. He hadn't even done a bloody marathon before, so it was completely new territory for him. But he said he was a bit nervous as well, but I don't know why, but I was really nervous the night before. Um, it was just the two of us. Like There was no crowd or finish line or anything. We were just kind of going out and doing it for, for ourselves. But I don't know. I just felt really nervous. I was, I was kind of worried I, I got an injury would prevent me from doing it. I think like mindset-wise, I, I knew I could do it. I was just worried that my knee would get sore or something like that. So um, yeah, I was really nervous. Uh, I got up early in the morning. It was like half five. I think we set off at 7 a.m. So had some breakfast. I think I had some, uh, was it Cheerios? Had something something really high in carbs and something it would easy, easily digest as well. So I had some Cheerios in the morning and I think maybe had a protein shake. And um, had that first thing. Uh, and then we took off at 7 a.m. The first couple of miles, being honest, the first kind of two, three miles, I kind of thought, oh God, I'm not feeling this today. Legs feel really heavy and uh, just not feeling it. Um, I feel really tired and yeah, just wasn't feeling it. But then it was mad. Like before you knew it, we're kind of yapping all, all, um, all the way along the route. And then before we know it, we're like, oh, that's seven miles in. And then you look down again, you're like, oh, that's 10 miles in. And it kind of flew past, which was great. Now, nutrition strategy wise, we were taking on both of us were taking on around 60 to 80 grams of carbs per hour. Um, so this run was going to take us five to six hours. So we were taking on carbs as we went as well, just to keep those glycogen stores up so that we don't crash and burn. <clears throat> so basically, I was I had um, my, the bars I used were from Wiggle. Um, they were, there was a coconut bar, which was like 40 grams of carbs, I think it was. They were actually really good. The gels, the Wiggle gels, they were 22 grams of carbs each. So I was basically... Well, I had those two, plus I had my backpack with water, which had like a carb mixture in it as well from Wiggle. It was really good as well. Um, so literally, I was just sipping on the water and having a gel and a bar per hour, basically, and that was giving me my 60 minimum grams of carbs. Now, what I found when I went throughout the, the run was to begin with, like first two or three hours, no problem taking that in. But once I got to like hour four, I just really struggled to eat any more food. Um, I was just really having to shove it down. It was horrible. Um, and I remember getting near the end, I couldn't even drink my water. I felt so sick uh, with all the, the gels and bars and stuff. But it did definitely help. Like I didn't, energy-wise, I felt completely fine throughout the whole thing. Like didn't feel like I was absolutely knackered. Yeah, I was in pain, but I wasn't um, I wasn't knackered. Um, so yeah, that's what we're doing with the nutrition side of things. And um, we'd left uh, a bag of uh, kind of bars and more water and stuff like at certain points. I think it was the 12 mile point and then like the 22 mile point. Um, so we kind of grabbed stuff as we went along. So that was really good as well. Um, so yeah, that's what we did nutrition wise. So yeah, the, we got to like Banff Links. I think we were at like, we hit half marathon distance, hit the 14 or 15 mile mark was it was it i think it was maybe 14 mile mark we hit and i remember looking down and thinking right how far have we got left on the route and it said 17 and a half miles to go and then i thought oh shit okay (laughs) bloody hell you think 14 miles think oh yeah we must be getting there now and then when i looked down i thought oh crap (laughs) that's further than i thought it was gonna be um so no that was i remember thinking that um and then Miles kind of disappeared. Things were going pretty well. Yeah, legs were getting a little bit sore. Um, like a, a one out of ten, like 
pain being unbelievably sore at 10 and one being no pain it was probably like you were at a four or five you were just starting to like your legs were just aching um and then yeah we got to like mile 18 um i remember when i did the marathon uh two years ago that mile 18 was where my knee got really sore like it was something to do with my quad muscle got really tight and my knee pain was just absolutely horrendous i could hardly walk um so i was kind of worried that would happen again but got to mile 18 it was fine got to mile 20 that was fine got to mile like 22 and uh, that was fine and then it was after mile 22 that was like new territory because we'd only done that far in the training runs um to mile 24 was fine um you're just getting gradually sore. i remember we hit the marathon mark and i remember saying ian that's the marathon ticked off well done um hit the marathon mark and then we got to like mile 27 and a half say just below 20 mile 28 miles uh, i remember there was like four miles to go five miles to go and thinking oh god i'm getting really tired now um and then i remember we got to turf again we across the bridge to go through forglin estate and we got just before we got to the state I think we had like 5k to go, three, three, three or so miles, maybe three and a half miles, just over 5k. I remember thinking, holy crap, I am so sore. All my legs were just like it, pulsing with pain. It was, it was mad. Like I felt fine. I felt like I could keep going mentally. My legs were just completely obliterated. They were just aching so much. It was just like the pain scale was up to like an eight now. And it was like, oh my God, this is horrendous. Like just, you're just trodding along, just keep the legs moving, keep the legs moving. And then going through this state, of course, there's some really steep hills and not so good terrain. And oh, that was an absolute killer at that point. But uh, I remember going up the hill thinking, holy crap, I can't get my legs to, to move, uh, to get uh, to lift them off the ground here. But we kind of walk, run, walk, run to get up some of those hills because, yeah, we're both kind of struggling at this point. Um, and yeah, legs were just completely, completely knackered. <clears throat> and I remember thinking, God, 5Ks never felt so far away in all my life. And I remember we'd like, 1.8 miles to go I remember seeing that on my watch and thinking it just felt like the longest distance like that 1.8 miles felt worse than the first 15 um it felt further than the the, the last 15 which is really weird um but I remember we got there and then we could see see the finish line basically and we had a mile to go or just under a mile and then all of a sudden it's like you got a new lease of life I felt great <laughs> it was weird it was like I don't know it was just it just shows maybe it's all in your in your head um but yeah, the kind of last mile and a bit, you're fine. And we got to the finish. And like I said, all that time, like for three miles, I was in so much pain. It was just horrendous. All I wanted to do, I was fantasizing about lying down on the side of the road and just not moving. I was like just fantasizing about uh, having a bath or fantasizing about uh, sitting watching Netflix. Like it was funny, all these thoughts going through your head, just seeking comfort. Your body was like, oh my God, where's the comfort? Um, and I remember just thinking that. And then as soon as you get, we finished it, and I was like, oh, that's it done. <laughs> the watch is beat 50K. Um, we kind of stopped. And then like within 30 seconds, you're like, oh, I feel fine now. Like my legs aren't in pain anymore. I feel absolutely fine. It, it's so weird. It's so weird. And I remember when we had three miles to go, I remember thinking, oh my God, maybe I should stop. Like, you know, we've done this amount. You know, at least we've done 20, 28 miles. You know, it's further than a marathon. It's my longest run. Oh, maybe I should just stop now. Like if I'd listened to that voice, I would have been absolutely fizzing, fizzing, fizzing mad. So yeah, chuffed a kept going and seeing it through and uh, Ian was the same like he um he, he was finding it tough as well I think I was probably uh, a moaning <laughs> an absolute moan in the last three miles uh, I said to him at the end I'm oh, sorry for all the moaning I was like oh my god my legs I think I said that about 50 times um but no hey, <clears throat> we got there on the end and uh, yeah it was a really good feeling just once you uh completed um so yeah quite enjoyed it like 
the whole thing as a whole like it was weird like the last run training run i did wasn't a good run i hated it and i was hating running and even halfway through that run i was kind of hating running i was just like oh bloody hate running i'm never running again this is it this is the last run i'm gonna do i was telling myself things like that but once you finished it it was like actually it wasn't too bad i really enjoyed the feeling of doing something challenging and doing something that I've never done before. Um, so then after a couple of days, I started to think, yeah, probably we'd do another big run, uh, maybe a slightly longer one. Um, so yeah, overall, like really, really enjoyed it. To be honest, I just like <clears throat> uh, having something big to work towards. I think when you set a goal that kind of scares you a little bit, something you don't really know if you can accomplish or not, it's so fulfilling and rewarding when you accomplish it. Um, and that's kind of what I kind of want to talk about next. Now, this is something I actually shared inside our um, kind of community uh, with regards to this exact topic. So quite often we've all got, you know, self-limiting beliefs. Like we've all got a belief system through past experiences, through through all kinds of things, mostly through our own experiences. Um, we've all got these like limiting beliefs on what we believe we can achieve. And every other area in our life, whether that's, you know, fitness or whether that's, uh, you know, with your career or, you know, whatever it is, <clears throat> we've all got limiting beliefs. Now, I remember, like like I say, if I look back to kind of three, four years ago, 5k was my limit for running and doing 10k was like, oh, that was going to be an absolute challenge. I'd never done one before and I thought, wow, I don't know if I could hit a 10k. Um, and like I said, remember when I did the half marathon for the first time, I thought, that's insane. There's no way I could do a marathon. It's just impossible. Not a chance. So like my glass ceiling, I guess you could call it, with my kind of belief system was that, yeah, at one point was 5K is the most I could ever run. There's no way I could do further. Um, you know, half a marathon, I remember hitting that and thinking no way I could ever, ever run further on that. So like my limiting belief there was, um, yeah, that's where, where it was at. And I guess to break through some of these limiting beliefs, you've got to just try and push yourself just a little bit further. You don't want to take the, the mickey. Like if I, when I was doing 5Ks, if I said to myself, right, I'm going to go run an ultra marathon, probably would have been a disaster. I probably would have given up in no time. But I think if you can start, meet yourself where you're at right now and just set something that just pushes you that little bit further forward, <clears throat> it's amazing what you can go on and achieve. And every time you achieve something that you didn't think you could achieve, you get so much more confidence and belief and in a way, it kind of like opens your eyes. Like I remember when I did the Ironman last year and I, I, once I got over the finish line, um, it was such a, a great feeling, but it just instantly made me think like, shit, what else could I do? Like that was actually, I did it. It was achievable. I trained for it. I did all the training for it. Like bloody hell, what else could I do? Um, and it just opens your eyes and opens up your belief system. Because like I say, we all put these limiting beliefs in ourselves about what we can achieve. And I've seen this with so many clients as well. Like a lot of clients... Um, a lot of clients we've seen lose a lot of body fat, like at the start, don't really believe they could achieve that goal that we talk about. Um, there's a guy in the in the program just now who's lost like over 30 plus kilos, like insane transformation. And I always laugh because I remember when we first um, spoke on the phone and we we're breaking down some of his goals. And I remember saying, oh, like probably looking at this kind of sort of time frame to get to that. Uh, you know, once we get to that, we can look at doing this. And we're talking about all these different goals and we kind of just broke them down into bite-sized chunks from there. But we're talking about this long goal and what we could achieve. And uh, I remember he said to me, like a year and a half later, after he lost that weight, he said, when you said that 
we were going to lose that, you know, 30 kilos of body fat. He said, I thought you were taking the piss. <laughs> he thought, I thought this guy's having me on. Like, what, what, what the hell is he going on about? Um, but it's mad. Like, every time he lost, you know, five kilos of body fat, he got closer to that big goal. He started to think, oh, actually, maybe I can actually achieve this. And it's a bit like that with anything you set. Like, I think you've just got to set, set a goal that challenges you and then just break it down into bite-sized chunks so you can, you've got something to work towards. If you just set a big goal and there's no plan or structure or it's not broken down into bite-sized chunks, you'll get overwhelmed and not do it. Like, if I just dis- declared, like, four years ago, right, I'm going to do a 50K and not train for it and not broke it down and, and worked on building things up and just went for it, I, I wouldn't have completed it. I would have got to, like, 10 miles and then collapsed probably. Um, so yeah, I guess like self-limiting beliefs, like we all have this glass ceiling about what we believe we can achieve, whether that's you know a running goal, a cycling goal, a fat loss goal, uh, a building muscle goal, whatever it is, we all have a, a belief system in place that sometimes can really, really restrict us. Um, and yeah, I guess it's, I'm not saying that you should just like <laughs> ignore that belief system and go, oh, well, stuff, I can achieve anything in the world. I mean, it what I'm trying to say is like it's it's good just to set the bar a little bit further ahead than what you think's possible, because um, that 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 makes the whole thing exciting. If you set a goal that you know you can achieve, and it's like yeah, I've done that before, I can achieve that again, it's get bore you. You're not going to be very inspired to um, to go and push on and do it, and you're not going to have that same uh, that same I guess. Uh, realization that you you can achieve so much more so that's my best bit of advice is like set a goal a goal that kind of scares you a little bit that you think yeah you there's a chance you could achieve it uh, if you break it down and, and build things up um, who knows what you can achieve um, but yeah like I said I had massive limiting beliefs were running in the past now um I'm thinking after doing that, like if I thought, right, 50 mile run could be the next one. And then after that would be the 100K. And then after that would be the 100 mile. I'm, I'm thinking long term in the future. Now that scares the shit out of me just now. Um, but yeah, it's it's on the cards. Uh, and like I say, I'm just going to work my way up, set the bar a little bit further. Uh, we've done the 50K. Let's make it 50 mile next time uh, and see see how close we get to that. Um, but yeah, that's... That's, um, I guess, my biggest lesson or realization from completing that ultra. And the Ironman is just like, you know, we've got all these self-limiting beliefs. We all, we believe, we just believe what we've experienced, I guess, in a way. And I think when we break through those belief barriers, it's, um, yeah, it, it really does open your eyes and, and it kind of makes things so much more exciting. Kind of makes you think, right, well, what else can we do here? This is, that's, that's good. That's another goal ticked off. Let's let's work towards something else. Because um, I used to look at other people and think, oh, but that, that's not me. I could never do that. They must be, you know, they must just be naturally gifted at running or whatever. Um, can I remember <clears throat> someone actually said that to me? Um, no, not that I was naturally gifted at running, but they said to me, um, a couple of days ago, I met somebody um, in the street and they were yapping away at me and they said, oh, I can't believe you run 50 kilometers. That's just insane. I pff, I could never, ever, ever do that. Um, and I remember thinking like, honestly, you've no idea what you could achieve. <laughs> like if I met somebody in the street four years ago and they told me they'd done 50 kilometers, I would have said the exact same thing. Uh, and I remember there was a guy I met oh, about... I can't remember how long ago this was now, and he was a really big ultra runner, and he did all kinds of distances. But I remember he'd said he'd done a, was like a sixty mile run uh, one weekend, and I just remember thinking that's absolutely insane. And I remember speaking to him and saying like. I think I probably said something similar. It was like, oh, there's no way I could ever do something like that. It's just mad. You must just be, you know, so gifted. And he was like, oh, no, I basically started off from the bottom as well and just kind of worked my way up. And I remember he said something to me, and it's, it's always stuck with me. And he said, you can train yourself for anything. If you have a goal in front of you and you've got a proper plan of how you're going to get there and you're consistent with it, you can train for anything. And 
I remember him saying that, and that's always stuck in my head. And I remember doing Ironman and training properly for it, and then it felt okay. And I remember doing this and training for it, and it was okay. And yeah, I totally, totally believe that and get that now. You can train yourself for anything. Um, yeah, of course, if you've not trained for something, like right now, if you're sitting, you've never done a 5K before, like doing a marathon's going to sound absolutely impossible. But, you know, if you're training for something and you're slowly building things up and you're seeing that progress, you know, as time goes on, you're going to have that belief that, yeah, you can go on and achieve something like that. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of my overview of the, the kind of ultramarathon. Uh, it was actually okay in the end. Really enjoyed it. Uh, I really enjoy the long runs. I don't know. It's just nice uh, mentally, I guess, in a way. Like, it's quite nice just to clear your mind. Sometimes I'll listen to music. Sometimes I'll just go out and run for a couple hours with no headphones and you just don't think about anything. Just, like, run. And it's, it's so, like, relaxing in a way which is, um, yeah, something I've really enjoyed as well. Now, what's next goal-wise? So that's the ultra ticked off. So going into this summer, like my main focus is to be building some muscle mass. Now, I've literally not done a muscle building phase since I was like, oh God, probably like 2016. I honestly think it was like 2016. Um, it was a long time ago. Since then, literally all I've done is kind of maintain slash gain a ton of weight and have to lose it again. <laughs> so back in like 2017, 2018, 2019, um, I was probably bad at times for losing body fat, getting in good shape, and then going completely off track, gaining a stone and a half, and then having to go and lose it again. So I literally repeated that cycle all the time. Uh, but now I don't do that anymore. Um, since probably 2020, it's probably around about 2020, kind of lost body fat, kept it off, and I've never gained it back. Um, so yeah, like now the main focus is to kind of gain some muscle mass. Like I'm still quite light. Uh, I'm still like 12, low 12 stones. Um, I used to be like 13 and a half when I was probably at my well, probably either over 14, so I'm at my biggest uh, when I was really focused on building muscle, but I'm probably looking to come back up to, you know, 13 and a half-ish. Uh, and then after that, I'll get to go into a fat loss phase again. Um, so the aim will be to get a little bit leaner, but this time I'll have a little bit more muscle mask. I've definitely lost a little bit of muscle over the years um, just because I've kind of not neglected strength training, but I've just not been as um, consistent with it, I guess, maybe. Um, no, I guess that's a lie. I have been consistent. I've done it every week, but I've, I've not been so focused on it, I guess. Like a lot of my focus the last couple of years has been on some of the endurance events, which has been brilliant. So I just thought, right, let's, uh, let's focus on something else now. Let's go and focus on, um, you know, building some muscle mass. It just changed the changed the environment up a little bit. Uh, and then on top of that, so I'm basically doing uh, upper body, lower body, upper body, lower body. So four workouts a week, all hypertrophy focus, which basically just means muscle building. Um, and on top of that, I'm going to do two cycles a week, probably a shorter kind of interval style uh, workout on the turbo trainer midweek, and then a longer cycle at the weekend, anything from an hour to two hours just now. Uh, you know, I might push that up over uh, over the coming weeks and months as the, the weather gets good. But yeah, one to two hours is quite nice. Like, especially the weekends, if we're doing something as a family, I'll, I'll maybe get up at like six o'clock and head out for half six after a quick bite to eat. Uh, and you're out for two hours and you're back at half eight and <laughs> chances are the family's still asleep so they don't even know you've been away um, so I quite like to do things like that at the weekend I did that with a lot of the runs um, and it gets out of the way with it doesn't mess up your, your weekend I think if you get up late and then oh we're going to wait to do this with the family and say oh when am I going to get time to, to do my cycle or go out for my run it's it's really difficult to, to manage things so um, yeah I've always found that to be the, the best the best way to get the, the training in um, so yeah hope you found that uh, interesting if anyone's got any questions on any of the running stuff or anything at all like just fire me a message more than happy to 
uh, I guess, give any advice or uh, any feedback or anything like that. But um, yeah, no, really enjoyed the ultra marathon. If you're listening to this and you've you've always kind of fancied doing something, like whether it's a 5K, a 10K, or taking on a cycle, or taking on whatever it is, some sort of challenge, like honestly, go for it. Set yourself a goal that kind of scares you just a little bit. Um, and then, you know, break it down, break it down, have a plan in front of you, break it down into bite-sized chunks. And, you know, it's like insane as time will go on, you'll have more and more belief that you could do it. Because to begin with, like when I started running on, um, I guess when I started running with this plan, I didn't, I didn't know if it was possible to run uh, 50K because I'd done a few longer runs and my legs were completely minced. I remember in January, uh, me and Ian went out for a, a run, I think it was a Sunday morning or a Saturday morning, and we did, I think it was like 10 miles, one of our first 10 mile runs. And the legs were totally goosed after it. And I remember thinking, bloody hell, I've got to do that twice over, more than twice over. Um, but yeah, as you build up those long training runs, it's you get closer and closer and you start to think, yeah, can see us doing this now. Um, so yeah, you can train for anything. Like that's one thing to take away from this is that you can train for anything. So yeah, hope you found that useful. Hope you're all having a good weekend. Looks like the blue skies are out today as well, which is class. And we will catch up with you all next week.